The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. One hour from now, Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports National College basketball writer, confirms why you just shouldn't take road favorites in the Big 12 or the Big 10 or maybe anywhere else for that matter. Three top 10s at home tonight, though. We talked to him about his top 10, just published it yesterday, and where we're at now with uh, conference tournament season rapidly approaching and the regular season, just about three, three and a half weeks left in it for college basketball. Vaughn Dalzell of NBC Sports joins us in 20 minutes to talk a little bit of everything. Super Bowl bets, college, NBA, all of it with Vaughn. And in 40 minutes, we continue our NFL year in review with the AFC North alongside Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth is off today. But you know this is the place to come for props you know, it's fun drafting things. It's fun betting on props. So we figured, why the heck not put together a draft of Super Bowl props? Yeah, okay, let's do that. So do we have an order put together yet, Paul? What What is our draft order? This is very important. Uh, we'll go, we'll go, we'll let you two uh, go first, being the, okay. the faces of the show. So we'll start with Are Joe. We we'll go Joe. Snake draft? Yes, snake draft. Snake? Okay. Yeah, so we'll go. We'll let Joe lead off uh, so we can steal more of Jake's picks and go Joe, Chris, me, Jake, (laughs) and back down the line. And we'll see how many rounds we get through. No, Jake always gets last. Jake always gets last. Is it uh, order of importance? Everybody loves an underdog. It's fine. (laughs) It's all good. Yes. Do you like back to back? The the turn's better. (laughs) Yeah, it might be the best spot in the draft. I, I don't hate the back-to-back. I like that's. I it's not a bad place to be. I agree, but it, it, the front end in drafts is terrible. You're waiting forever in in most drafts. Oh, here we go already yeah. with the excuses. Building There's excuses. no excuses. Exactly. No, I, 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 speaking in general about fantasy football, not about this I draft. That. I'm about to dominate. Is first worst or is like <laughs> seventh worst? Oh, I think wor- first is yeah. way worse. I'd rather have seventh. Yeah. In the middle is great. Okay. Yeah, because then you're not waiting forever uh, either way. Yeah, I, I guess. Totally agree with you. 
Chris wants to take first, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that's a, first. At least you do when it does snake back through the for the second and third round. You do get your back to backs. So if you're like fifth, sixth, seventh in a draft and like a ten or twelve team league, you're screwed. You're just you're trying to keep track of where you, you got to reach a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. you got to go for like your fifth round grade in the third round or fourth round. You know, it's, it's tricky, tricky spots. All right, Joe, go ahead. All right. Um, hmm. I, I the theme here, these are game props, not player props, not the novelty entertainment ones. We'll get to those later on in the week. But um, I think the theme for me is going to be the conservative coaching style on both sides. And we saw this during the regular season. Maybe the opportunities were not there. But if you look at the very bottom of two-point conversion attempts per team per game, these two are at the very bottom. And, you know, when you get to the Super Bowl, people are going to bet two-point conversion to be successful at plus 270 because they like that. People are going to bet the octopus at 10 to 1 like that's going to happen. Well, you need a two-point conversion for that. I'm going to say no on a two-point conversion attempt. I don't think the Niners attempted one all season long. That is uh, minus 140. Everybody's going to bet the yes at plus money. I'm going to say no uh, with these two teams going at it. Two-point conversion attempt. We will not see one. Uh, that's my first pick. I think that's a good call. With conservative coaches, and I think it's a lower-scoring game, so nobody really has to chase points later. That's a good call. I like that. And sticking with my um avowed love of the unders for this game i'm gonna just go with a simple first half under because it's still even money at bet mgm under 22 and a half for the first half i think especially in the first especially early in this game like this will be a game where you will look up and the first quarter may be over and you're gonna go what the hell have i just watched i saw a couple doritos commercials i think maybe uh, there may have been like a Clydesdale or something thrown in. I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I've seen like four first downs and nothing has happened yet. So I'll take a first half under of 22 and a half. Somewhat related to that. If we're seeing first downs, but not a ton of points. I was, I was just trying to figure out how crazy are we going to get early? Do I have to go for some of these like deeper shots, but we'll, we'll stay pretty conservative with this game plan. Kansas mm-hmm. City, over five and a half third down conversions for the game at plus 105. I think it's a little bit of a, you know, if it's a Pacheco game, they're running off like four yards at a time. You get some third and shorters. And even if you get some third and longs, how many times do we have to see Mahomes convert third and eight, third and seven, third and 11, Kelsey over the middle? So five and a half third down conversions for the game. I am good with that at plus 105. All right. Uh, I also picked the theme of what that I was going to target and it's kicking because obviously we yes. know the history with these coaches. So both my first two picks are going to be kicking related. The first one, longest field goal over 47 and a half, Come on. obviously like, yeah, sorry. About first one but... stolen. Yeah. I didn't think any of these would be stolen, but yeah, that, I definitely had that in the list. Have to. And then the second yeah. one over seven and a half kicking points for Kansas city, like in that same vein. What are we doing here? Like, we really think Butker's not going to get at least two. So I'll go with those two for my first two to start. I like those. Well, do I do I kick with stay with the kicking theme? I think I might have to. Um, 
if I lost it. Oh, uh, well, it was more of a field goal than a touchdown, but now I can't find it. So <laughs> what, what does that even what? mean? It was more of a field know. goal than a touchdown. Is, what, what does that mean? Oh, there it is. is this... I found it. I found it. Yeah. What will what happen first? What will happen first? A touchdown minus 170 or a field goal at plus 135? We'll go with field goal oh, plus good. 135. That's more good of a field money. goal than a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most backwards <laughs> way to say that I think that I've ever heard in my life. What we got there. Field goal before more a touchdown. Like there's there's yeah. nothing on the Hopefully spectrum between field goal and touchdown. That's the, You can't be more uh, of a field goal. <laughs> um, so it's just so, first score, right? Is this basically yeah. what we're doing? Okay. Yeah, first, cool. first score to be a field goal instead of a touchdown, right? That's what it yeah. is. It is yeah. It'll probably be a safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Paul just lights everything on fire. Two ball three way. Yeah. Two go. ball three way. Whoa. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh winning margin three way. Uh you can get either team to win by three, seven yeah. or less. Yeah, big three way. Uh either team to win by seven or less is even money. So give me that. I got two even money props to start here. The first half under twenty two and a half, and either team winning by seven or less. I'm gonna just I'm gonna dig my heels in on this game script being tight, low scoring, and conservative. All right, I like it. Um, all right, let's go back to uh, the kicking angles here. Total successful field goal distance. I'm going over 115 and a half yards. Combine the distance of all the field goals over 115 and a half. I think we're gonna get at least three, and uh, that should get us to the number, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it's uh, even four or more. So go in with that one. And then hmm, one another kicking one. No, I'm going to go team to record the most interceptions. Give me the Kansas city pass defense. It's a coin toss. I was surprised by that. Cause you know, Purdy is a bigger favorite to throw an interception, but KC and San Francisco, both minus 110 for first interception or most interceptions. I'll do uh recording the most interceptions. Give me Kansas city. All right. I like that. That leads right into the thing we've talked about all week with, uh, with party. This is a 50, 50. This is basically a coin flip kind of odds here on this one, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Cause again, conservative game script, conservative coaches, why wouldn't we uh, bet on punting? First team to punt, it's minus 110 on either team. I'm going to go with the Niners. Niners, first team to punt at minus 110. Okay. I, I'm going to go with this one. Uh, Kansas City to trail in the fourth quarter and win 5-1. to one. Shanny choke jobs. <laughs> this is a false special. Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, Mahomes. Uh, we should have, what thirteen seconds or less. How much time does this guy need? Not a ton. So Kansas City to trail in the fourth quarter, win five to one. Five to one. That's pretty good. Man, I know. Like you're even if you have San Francisco. Like let's say you're up seven or six late. Like you don't feel good. Mahomes gets no. the ball. <laughs> like, I'm concerned. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go back to kicking for my first one here. Uh, more field goals made than passing touchdowns at plus money. 
just I'm going to stay in the same vein. I don't feel, especially with these with CMC and Pacheco, like they might get down to the one anyway. Um, don't really have to hash the one. And then I'm going to take a shot on the wraparound plus eight fifty, a tight end to set the receiving record in a single game over. So that'd be over 134 and a half between Kittle and Kelsey. And I personally selfishly am invested in Kelsey anyway. So might as well go with this one too. Plus eight fifty a tight end to go over 134 receiving yards. 134. Which would be a record. Wow. That's cool. uh, I, I like that we're, we're, we're leaning into building out what is going to be, like I said, a terrifically boring game with just a couple of flashy moments involved. And so I'm going to go with a, with a longest play as well. Longest completed pass. It's forty to one. Just like totally I'm way ahead. I'm way ahead. This is this is what I mean about being in the middle of a round. I have no idea when my next pick is. He ran up there with the card. There's there's four people too. This is like there's twelve people. There's four of us. Jeez. Still very difficult, Jake. Still very right. difficult. Whatever Chris about- just picked, I'm taking. I got lost <laughs> during his diatribe, but no. Um, I'm going to – so I'm really – this is the one I want. We got, yeah, we'll have time for one more round. No one's going to take my next pick. So what will happen first? Purdy touchdown at minus 220 or an interception at plus 180? Give me the pick at plus 180. That's plus one eighty. Okay, it's a good number. This dude stinks. All right. So how how is San Francisco getting ahead? He's throwing an interception early, but you have Kansas City trailing in the fourth. And CM, CMC know. is going to run for like a thousand yards, like because okay. against this bad Bet it. rush defense. All right, yeah, find that one for me. Where's the thousand prop? How I many do you guys have a better to a thousand? I'd like that, please. <laughs> All right, is it actually my turn this time? I don't even yeah, know. It is. So. All right. All right, longest completed pass, 86 or more yards is 40 to 1. Lock it in. There will be one ridiculously oh long pass play in this game. <laughs> How, what are the odds? 40 to 1. Jeez. Any player to record a completed pass of 86 or more yards. Okay. Super Bowl record. Holy smokes. <laughs> Shortest touchdown of the game. Under one and a half yards, whether it's CMC, Pacheco, QB Sneak, Debo, Kelsey, a lot of different options out there. So I'm going to go uh, under one and a half yards. Are we doing one more or no? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go. Okay. Last round. All right. Um, hmm. Damn. Where am I going? All right. I don't love it as much as I used to. Don't love the, the juice here. But this happens more often than people realize. And I could see it with this matchup. Either team to score three unanswered times. Yes is a heavy favorite. There's a reason it happens a lot. Um, so I could Kansas City trailing in the second half. I could see it. It wouldn't surprise me if San Francisco gets out to a lead early. So three unanswered scores for one team. Okay. Um I don't really – this is this is just a, a roll of the dice here. But uh, another Super Bowl record, most rushing yards by a wide receiver. Any wide receiver to record 54 or more rushing yards, sure, why the hell not? Maybe Debo breaks one. Uh, it's 11-1, to 1, so let's sprinkle something on it. I'll take it. I don't hate that. 
Uh, one score that I feel like keeps coming up on this show. So my mm. ears were kind of up and I saw oh, it. Boy. And I, so I, first score. I looked at the last Chiefs uh, Niner Super Bowl. That score was not listed, at least at the one place I was looking. So it was at 31-20, uh, but it was not listed. So a score I feel like that keeps coming up on this show, 24-21. They're mm. each 100 to 1. So you just put a half unit on each or whatever you're betting on this dumb stuff. Uh, maybe a tenth of a unit, a quarter unit. Uh, Kansas City, 24-21. San Francisco, 24-21. They're each 100 to 1. You're basically betting 50 to 1. Yeah. Uh, mine will also be a roll of the dice just for funsies. 28 to 1. There will be a score, Gami. Yes. I like that. That will go in direct... Uh, direct opposition to the first pick of the draft, which was no two-point attempt. I feel like... We're going to need some two-point attempts if we're going to get Scorigami, definitely. It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, Von Dalzell joins us with his favorite up-to-the-minute Super Bowl bets and some hoops as well for tonight's slate. That next right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus QL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. If you missed it, uh, a list of some of the most ridiculous game prop bets you could come up with. Some of them make a ton of sense, the early ones, and then you get late into our selections. We just did a Super Bowl game prop uh, bet draft uh, a couple minutes ago. And uh, you can always rewind on your Odyssey app in case you missed it or download it as a podcast later. Um, it's just, a, it, it might as well be a list of bets that you look at and go, huh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I'll put five bucks on that. Sure, why not? Yeah, okay. Um, but fun stuff as we continue to build towards Super Bowl 58. Now just five days away. Welcome back in to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM alongside Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. Aaron Hawksworth has the day off. 40 minutes from now, we talk to Isaac Trotter, National College basketball writer of 24-7 Sports, about what to expect. Three top 10 teams at home tonight, and you got a bunch of top 25s on the road. Iowa State, Kentucky trying to get things back together. Texas Tech, San Diego State, New Mexico, both on the road as well. And our NFL year in review, AFC North style, 
coming up in 20 minutes. Joining us now from NBC Sports. He checks in every Tuesday. Our guy, Vaughn Dalzell. Vaughn, first of all, thanks for making the time. We appreciate it. Second of all, you're on the Niners. Everybody in the world is on the Chiefs, it feels like. You're on the Niners. You're on CMC. Even though I think we were talking props during the break, you said Kelsey over in yards. So, you know, we all, the, the four of us just kind of laid out our game scripts and how we envisioned this thing working as we were making these game prop bets. Um, how does Von Dalzell see things playing out on Sunday night? What's, what's the game script in your head right now? Well, I'm definitely expecting a very, very competitive game between these two. Expecting the Niners to probably get out the two and a half, three point favorites. But as we've seen, uh, for the most part from the Chiefs, I feel like they've been a good first half over, second half under type of team. And with the Niners, they're going to have to come out aggressive and try and build that lead so they can do what they do best and run clock in the second half and take the ball out of Brock Purdy's hands and not put him in tough positions. So I do think in the first half we're going to see some points between these two teams. I think we could see both teams score two touchdowns here and be competitive. A uh, team that has the ball at the end of the first half and whoever gets the ball to begin the second half, that team is going to have a substantial chance, I think, of winning the Super Bowl because that's really how it's played out in the NFL. Uh, if a team that's getting the ball in the second half scores right before the first half, that team usually rallies on in the second half. So I'm really curious to see that aspect of the game, but I do think the Chiefs, once again, would be a great live bet in the second half if they are down. I do not want to make the same mistake I made with the Eagles last year, but expecting somewhat of a 27-23-esque type game, Niners coming out on top. Yeah, that that middle eight is huge. And then, of course, in the Super Bowl, Mahomes and company, they've dealt with this. You have that extra long wait while you're waiting for Usher and then the, then to clear everything out. <laughs> so you have even more yeah. prep time. Is that a good thing or a bad thing w- with all that extra time to deal with? You know, maybe it'll be Purdy. And then how do they handle that? Uh, interesting. So the, the score that you just threw out there, are, are you set on that? Or are you thinking there's some fluctuation there? Are, are you going to play the over because uh, – what you threw out there would hit over 47 and a half. Yeah, it would. And I think that's why I said I'd rather take the first half over uh, okay. than play the full game over. But I do think we can get there. Now, if you saw the last two, three weeks, I mean, the Chiefs have been the sec- best second half under team in all of football. I believe they're uh, 15 and four or something like that to the second half unders now on the season. So, you know, the Niners themselves, best team within the hashes, you, you got to try and beat them deep to really beat them. So I don't know. If the running game will look as good for the Chiefs as the Lions did against the Niners, that was kind of one of those one-off games, in my opinion, where the Niners allow the most rushing yards ever and a half uh, in an NFC Championship. Don't see that repeating in the Super Bowl. So uh, I do like the over. I'll be playing probably some correct scores, but uh, that's the way I'd probably rather take it. Because, you know, Super Bowl is all about the lunch money bets uh, for the smaller ones. So I'm going to be taking some correct scores probably all in the 20s ranges. What are some of the other player props you got an eye out for, Vaughn? Yeah, so took Kelsey over uh, 69 and a half yards. I believe that's 70 and a half, 71 everywhere. As you guys have known or heard probably, Travis Kelsey, 70 plus receiving yards in 12 straight playoff games. Dude's an absolute monster. And uh, he's coming off, I mean, terrific performances. Also has the most receiving yard in Super Bowl history at 133. Um, I did play Christian McCaffrey for MVP at plus 475. I mean, Terrell Davis, 1999, was the last running back to win the award. I feel like CMC might be the most complete running back in the Super Bowl we've had since then. Uh, and we know that he can run the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, uh, and catch the ball too. So I'm expecting some trick plays from the Niners. And if I'm going on another Niners play, I've been kind of 
stuck on Debo Samuel. And I would love to hear your opinions. I know Aaron's a huge prop person, so I wanted to hear her. So you guys had to ask her for me. But Debo Samuel's at 16 and a half rushing yards. Does that not intrigue you just because that number is so high? You expect him now to get two, three, or four carries uh, to hit that number. So that's one that I'm lining up to. I might play some alt lines on Debo Samuel's rushing props uh, since we're getting a 16 and a half, 25 and a half, 40, and 40 plus. Those would be some pretty good plus money, plus money plays. Yeah, I think I think the expectation is he's going to have a uh, a pretty important role in this game. So in the NFC Championship game, the the expectation was okay, even if he's out there, he's not going to do anything, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Like he was a huge part of that offense and what they were able to do, and he was a bit of a target hog. So now two weeks to get healthy, you you would expect it's going to be a one hundred percent Debo. Yeah. Like yeah. He, yeah. It's going to be good. And, you know, just where the sharp money's been coming in, the early prop money, it's Ayuk number going down and his Debo's going up. I, I think that's mm. a pretty good angle. And and there's reason they're betting under on Ayuk and over on Debo. Yeah, Ayuk's been outstanding all season, too. I feel like he's been the guy that's kind of lifted their offense in some ways because you already knew what you're getting from Debo, from George Kittle, from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but Ayuk was really the question mark. And I went to the Steelers-Niners game in week one, and Ayuk was torching the Steelers. And I was like, you know what? He might be taking that leap forward. I feel like he has this season. But when, you, when you're playing guys at this age with this amount of experience, like an Ayuk compared to a Depot, you want to consider the biggest game of their life and how they're going to perform. A guy like Depot, he's going to be ready for this moment, in my opinion. Not say that Ayuk won't. But I'd much rather feel confidence in betting Debo's numbers. And I feel like what you just said about the props fluctuating, that's the correct mm-hmm. way that I'd be betting it too. So, yeah, that actually makes me more confident than Debo. He might end up on my card now, man. He might do it, Joe. Yeah, all right. What What about um, first touchdown bets? That'll be another. There's there so many ways to attack stuff early in the game. I love it, whether you're talking about pregame stuff like Anthem or, or whatever. But, um, you know, first yeah. touchdown are always fun. I know you're playing that. What do you got? Yeah, we uh we did a little collab on our Bet the Edge show uh, with Drew and I. We both had the same guy and did not even talk about it. Uh, huh. But we're rocking with Jawan Jennings at 35 <laughs> uh, for the Niners. And uh, now we just talked about Ayuk and Debo, right? But yeah, Debo was out. Jawan Jennings stepped up. When Debo came back, Jawan Jennings still played well. And he needs to step up uh, from his last two games because I think he's been taking the leaps forward. And he's a guy that could do those mid those mid routes from the slot. He can go deep over top. He's tall, so he's a red zone target. Um, you know, it just seems like one of those guys that's a sneak pick. I'm more of a tight end person with my first touchdown bets. Uh, but Travis Kelsey and George Kittle just seem too easy, guys. And plus, if we're talking about lunch money bets, you got to take some shots. So 35 to 1 sounded pretty good to me. But I wouldn't talk you off, you know, at 10 to 1 for George Kittle or 8 to 1 for Travis Kelsey. Von Dalzell of NBC Sports with us here on BetQL Daily. Let's let's keep it in the Niners receiver room because you talked about Debo and Ayuk. You mentioned Juwan Jennings. Um, I've I've liked since last week when we started to explore props, Vaughn, uh, Ayuk longest reception over 24 and a half. Because I could see this game playing out where both teams lean on the reliable targets, right? Kelsey, Kittle, Debo running backs in both cases, McCaffrey and Pacheco. But then each team, if they, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they have one shot over the top, right? Or somebody breaks free in the secondary. And Ayuk, we saw that potential in the NFC Championship game. Longest uh, reception over 24 and a half. 
has actually the juice has actually started to pile up. It was minus one ten early earlier last week. I think it's up to minus one twenty now. So when you're looking for guys for big plays, I guess is it staying with those established targets that we've talked about already, like CMC, Debo, uh, Kelsey, or do you start to look outside a little bit, like a Jawan Jennings that you mentioned for first touchdown, or Brandon Ayuk? Yeah, I mean, no, those are actually Ayuk. That's a good angle of attacking Ayuk, and Jennings would probably be the same type of angle. They're like, and if you're going to the Chiefs receiver room, that'd be Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like you're not, you're probably not going to play Valdez Scanling over receptions, but you're going to play his yards. You know, like the guy can do what his yard line on one or two plays. Um, and that's the same thing with a guy like Ayuk too, or Jennings. Uh, when I looked at Brock Purdy though, you know, he's, I don't want to call him a game manager, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to call him a glorified Jimmy Garoppolo in the system and things like that. But he doesn't throw the ball deep. I mean, he has three deep ball attempts on the season per game, 47 overall, um, you know, and that's not their mojo. That's not what they do. But against the Chiefs in that second half, like I stated, it's going to be low-scoring games. So you're going to have to take some shots if you're trailing or tied with them. We know that both teams can go the, the length of the field in two or three minutes. So, uh, you know, as long as Brock Purdy is doing his play action, I like him. He's a great play action quarterback, 69%, because they run the ball so well. And speaking on the deep ball percentage, I believe he's in the neighborhood of 54, 56%. So I don't hate the play because he can complete the pass, but I don't know if you're going to have enough attempts to feel confident in that. Uh, so I would rather not. Vlad, let's jump over to uh, college hoops. Nothing last night in the Big Ten, but we've got uh, three games this evening. What do you have circled? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for tonight's slate because the Big Ten's been pretty interesting the past two weeks. A lot of teams fluctuating up and down my power rankings, but uh, I'm looking at Rutgers and Maryland. This total starting to move up from 125 up to like 127 and a half. If we start creeping over 61 and a half, 62 and a half points for a team total for Rutgers, we're going to fade that on the road at Maryland. Right now, Maryland's probably playing their best basketball this season, and Rutgers is starting to kind of falling behind right now. Uh, they got smacked up by Penn State at home. Very embarrassing loss, and they lost the following game as well. So I'm not feeling too confident in where the Rutgers Scarlet Knights are, but Maryland's the team that's starting to creep up into maybe that bubble conversation uh, for the NCAA tournament. And the biggest game tonight is Michigan State and Minnesota. Michigan State's the fourth-ranked team on power rankings. Minnesota's eighth in the Big Ten. Minnesota has already six more wins than last season, so it's at a point like when will this team drop off and fall off the face of the earth? Um, they're at home tonight, so I expect to be competitive, but when they're going on the road into their next three games, I think Minnesota is going to be a pretty big fade opportunity. So if you're not going to play Minnesota plus three and a half, you could probably get a much better line in the game. In the last two games, they were down by double digits in both those games. You can get lines around plus eight and a half to 11 and a half. Uh, so you guys know in college basketball, the team that's trailing at halftime is probably going to come back and win. Uh, so if Minnesota's trailing, grab a ticket on them, just like I did with Kansas State and Kansas last night. Um, so I'm very excited for Big Ten basketball tonight, but those are the two best looks I probably have. A couple interesting spots in the NBA tonight too, Vaughn. Um, you've got Kyrie returning to the scene of the crime in Brooklyn with the Mavs after dropping <laughs> 23 last night. Um, you've got T-Wolves in Chicago. Uh, you've got Thunder in Utah. We could get to Milwaukee Phoenix as the the road trip from hell continues for the Bucks, but uh, Magic <laughs> and Heat that spot 
in, in the Eastern Conference is interesting. Like Miami had that skid a couple weeks ago where I think they kind of just fell off of some people's radar. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, and that was good timing for me because I played the Magic to win the Southeast Division at uh, like plus one sixty, plus one eighty odds. Anything I could get. Now they're the favorite at minus one twenty five, and uh, the Heat are plus one hundred five. So it's flipped. I feel like the Heat are finding themselves. I did watch their last game. And uh, they just couldn't get any offense going, man. I know Terry Rozier has been an all-around uh, attribution to their team, but they just feel like they're still missing those bigs down low uh, to be able to score them those paint points. They've been when Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero aren't banging threes for them, they're just super inefficient because they're relying on guys like Jimmy Butler or Terry Rozier or Hamiakas to shoot threes. So I like the Orlando Magic. They were plus three and a half last night. Um, I played them. That that number, they're down to two and a half now. I see plus 120 on the money line. I think they can win this game. This is a short travel spot, obviously. They match up pretty well. Orlando's got the bigs, but they also got guards that max up, match up well, uh, like Suggs, for instance, who I think is perfectly fine to guard Terry Rozier and score on him as well. But this could be a Paulo Bencaro game. Uh, Bam Adebayo is not on his A1 performance. So I like the magic here as a road dog, short road dog at that. Who's the second best team in the East? <laughs> that's the same is reaction we had like <laughs> like like is well listen i i've been debating basketball so hard for the past three days working at this uh juvenile center with a bunch of 16 to 19 year old kids because <laughs> they think they know more than me and i'm yeah. like no you don't uh but you know the Bucks. one thing about them they i hate their defense like i've been saying all year this team has absolutely no defense i can't see them winning past the second or third round, like the second or third round of the playoffs is going to be difficult for them because of their defense. When you got teams like the Pacers put up 130 on you, the Sixers can score on you. Right now, obviously, the Knicks are playing terrific basketball. There's no debating that. The Cavs are playing terrific basketball. There's no debating mm-hmm. that. But I still cannot put them above the Bucks because of Giannis and Dame factor. They should be able to beat those teams in a seven-game set. But – Gotta start seeing it, man. Because I'm not seeing anything from Milwaukee that makes me believe they are going to be NBA champs or in the NBA finals. And I'm not saying the Knicks or Cavs will be, but the Knicks are getting hot. And if they continue the stretch, maybe they can knock off the Bucks. And they finally beat the Bucks this year, which was a very difficult thing for me. I think they lost ten straight. Uh, if Joel Embiid gets healthy, that's a conversation point. But obviously, it's a two-team race with a third or fourth team on the outside. But I mean, that's a very low confidence number two team in the East. Von Dalzell, NBC Sports. We appreciate it as always, man. Thanks for the time. We'll catch up again next week. Coming up next year on BetQL Daily, our NFL year in review, division by division, continues with the AFC North right here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Bet MGM from BetQL. Those mighty underdogs, the Kansas City Chiefs that no one ever expected anything from. Come on. Chiefs Radio Network on the call of the AFC yeah. Championship game, by the way. It's BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Aaron is off today. Chris alongside Joe. Isaac Trotter joins us in 20 minutes to talk college hoops. National College basketball writer for 24-7 sports. Lightning bets in the final hour as well. Like, I get it. A lot of us 
doubted the Chiefs on the road deal as uh, as road dogs. But, but, hey, they proved us wrong. They won those games. And I don't think anybody, I think at least not a lot of people, were going into the AFC Championship game thinking, oh, well, they have no chance against the Ravens. In fact, I heard a lot of people say, well, just uh, pump your brakes. It's still Patrick Mahomes. And that's what ended up working out. And as we continue our NFL year in review, division by division, conveniently enough, it takes us to the site of the AFC Championship game and the AFC North, Joe. And I'll be honest in that I expected more out of Lamar Jackson in that game. I expected MVP Lamar Jackson to show up. I expected the Ravens to remember that such a thing as a run game exists. We didn't get either of those. You can blame Todd Munkin for it. You can blame John Harbaugh. You can blame Lamar Jackson. There's plenty of blame to go around. But the question now is, what are, are they going to ever be able, and by they, I mean Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, together break through that, that glass ceiling of getting to the Super Bowl and paying off on the promise that I think Lamar Jackson has provided for Ravens fans for years now since he won that MVP award a few years ago on track to win his second again this year but if it doesn't culminate in a trip to the Super Bowl does it matter it's funny like many things in sports especially nowadays one quick result can flip our opinion completely like the Ravens mm-hmm. are a perfect example. How many people were saying, see, Lamar can do it in the playoffs. He slayed that playoff dragon after a win over the Houston Texans who weren't even supposed to be, be there, right? Um, right. They handled business 34 to 10, and then it was an, added to the list of duds in the postseason or Lamar, uh, which is exactly what we saw in the KC game. Is it all on him? Is it scheming and play calling? I mean, it, it was everything in that game. I mean, the final score, not really indicative of what we were watching. Like, what's completely lost in it is that Kansas City didn't even score a point in the second half. And they were yeah. really never – really. it didn't feel like they were truly in danger because <sighs> we're putting it all on Lamar. That team was stupid that day. Like, every, yes. everywhere. Like, you look well, at it and, like, and, that's coaching. What are you doing there? This yeah. flag, that flag's a flowers drive. Like, there was so much stupid football going on with that team. It felt like they were overwhelmed by the moment against a team that's uh, that's won a whole lot recently. Well, and that's where Harbaugh does come in and get some of the blame, whether it's game planning, whether it's he and Munkin. Um, you know, Harbaugh... You hear coaches a lot of times get hammered when their teams are heavily penalized or take stupid penalties. I'm okay with that blame. In that moment, in that spot, especially in the AFC Championship game, yeah, a lot of it goes to Lamar because he just looked uncomfortable at times in that game. Maybe that had to do with the game plan as well. But there's, you know, they're replacing a lot of assistant coaches this offseason. Maybe there's no problem with that as long as. You know, Harbaugh is still sitting on his throne there running the whole thing in Baltimore, but I don't know if anybody necessarily expects them to just be a shoe-in to get back to the AFC Championship game, especially to to have an opportunity to play it at home. You still have the Chiefs and the Bills and the Dolphins and, you know, an up-and-coming Texans team to, to deal with, not to mention Joe Burrow will be back and healthy in your own division, right? Um I'm not counting on the Steelers' offense necessarily figuring anything out, but for whatever reason, they've had the Ravens' number uh, during the Lamar Jackson era. The Browns will have Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb back. Uh, you know, 
They did what they did this year, 11 wins, with Joe Flacco quarterbacking them for the last six weeks. Like, that is a, this is a tough division. Um, yeah. And I don't just mean, like, physically tough, bruising, all those old cliches about AFC North football, but, like, there's there's no shoe in that they even win the division. They'll be the favorites, Baltimore, but, I mean, again, Burrow back, Watson and Chubb back, um, you know, the that that's a three-team battle for the division next year. I kept thinking about the Eagles with all these changes on the coaching staff for Baltimore. You lose Mike McDonald over to Seattle. Anthony Weaver goes because uh, he's promoted to be Miami's DC. So I, I wonder if he sticks around. Does he get that gig? So what they end up doing to replace McDonald, they promote the inside linebackers coach, Zach Orr, to be the DC. That's a lot of movement. Now, it's a great – great unit we we know there's balance to anyone so good offensively and defensively but i'm i'm wondering okay what was munkin the guy we saw in the regular season or the guy that we saw in the last game probably the larger sample size but it's fair to be concerned they smashed that win total last year of eight and a half with 13 wins so what's it going to be set at this year is it going to be 10 and a half remember how high the Bengals was it was 11 and a half this past season so I wouldn't be shocked to see an 11 and a half on ball. 11 and a half. It could happen. Yeah. And, you know, they still beat that by a couple of games. And with a lot of uh, moving parts, uh, that would scare me off a little bit. When I think about this division as a whole, though, Chris, it's uh, quarterback injuries everywhere but Baltimore. I mean, that's uh-huh. what it, this season was. Um, just how you were able to manage that and – Maybe that's why Stefanski ends up being named Thursday the coach of the year because he did it better than anybody else with four different guys, Watson to Walker to DTR to eventually Flacco, and they're still the five seed in the postseason. And by the way, they beat their win total by one and a half, a higher win total of nine and a half. Um, Your Steelers also dealt with some stuff (laughs) at quarterback, and they beat their win total too, eight and a half. uh, They beat it by one and a half wins. Uh, there are a lot of questions about a lot of teams here. Um, where are you on Cincinnati? Because I don't know where I am right now. I know the I, easy answer is you still got Burrow, but I'm kind of right. lost with them. What's going to happen with Higgins, the multiple steps backwards that that defense took? Like We used to That's look at it and say, Lou Anarumo, they're, they're fine. They're fine. And this past season proved they're not fine. Yeah, they weren't able to re- easily recover from the loss of Jesse Bates. That The back end of that defense um, yeah. got hammered some weeks. And that's that's a huge question. Now, again, this is, Steelers aside, this is a quarterback-heavy division. You know, we still have yet to see Deshaun Watson replicate in Cleveland what he was able to do in his prime in Houston. And I don't know if we'll mm-hmm. ever see it again. But it is a team that, to your point, did what it did with Joe Flacco. So what can it do with a healthy Watson and a healthy Nick Chubb? That's huge. Spending most, spending, playing most, the bulk of the season without Nick Chubb and still somehow winning 11 games. You're right. That puts Stefanski right there, in my opinion, with the Miko Ryans for coach of the year. I'm not a fi- I, I don't personally think Miles Garrett, and look, I'm a homer for this. I don't think Miles Garrett is a better individual <laughs> talent on the defensive side of the ball than T.J. Watt. But I can understand why and how he'll probably end up winning Defensive Player of the Year this year. Like, I, 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 can, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can understand it. 
Um, it doesn't so, matter. Each team has a game record. They have two to three best defenders in football. Like, you know. Exactly. So, I mean, I, as far as Cincinnati goes, as long as he's got more than one target to lean into, and he does, um, I think a healthy Joe Burrow is still scary. Like that's oh, yeah. I that that's that's it that's four division wins probably, and you look at the rest of the schedule. That means all you got to do is go. Let's see. All you got to do is go six and five in the rest of your schedule to get into the playoffs and maybe even win the division. The Bengals can do that. Um, Burrow healthy is the is the game changer for everyone in this division. Who's the second favorite in the offseason? I mean, the Baltimore, do you think the favorite? Who's the second favorite? I think it's 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 the Bengals with a with a healthy Burrow. I think the yeah, Bengals okay. and Browns are are right there. But I, I again with the Browns, it's it's still a question of you haven't seen Watson do in Cleveland consistently what he did in Houston. Um, and here's the wild part, Joe. Like the Steelers, when we looked at win totals, when we looked at division favorites last year, a year ago, they're kind of left for dead, right? And they yep. still, I called them a couple times last year, the zombie Steelers. Like, they just keep wake getting up. You think they're dead. They sit up like the Undertaker, and they just keep marching, and somehow they end up in the playoffs. I don't know how or why it happens. You can give Mike Tomlin the credit. You can give the defense the credit. You can give the run game the credit. I, it doesn't matter. They, just, they are the zombie Steelers. They're never really dead. And, and here's what's going to happen. They're going to be the long shot in the division as a fourth favorite, and people are going to make cases. And we're not going to bet on that. Okay, because to to beat all of these quarterbacks in this division, like they'll beat the win total, probably they'll exceed expectations. Maybe they'll be in the playoffs. But as far as winning the division, I I can't quite get there because of the quarterback play and the quarterback play that we have elsewhere. You know, um, if there's a gap, I'm probably just going to bet on the third favorite, whether it's Cleveland or Cincinnati. If I'm getting a decent number of maybe four to one or better, I I. I'll probably take those numbers. And I think I, you're right because of Burrow, it'll probably be Cincinnati, but that would make me think like, okay, I'm getting Chubb for a full season. I'm getting all this talent on defense returning. Stefanski with a full off season, it's probably going to be Watson, you would think. But yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't mind betting on Cleveland in that spot if they're the third favorite. Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna let them not go with Watson in the next year. I could see, I don't no. remember what the numbers were last summer. But I could definitely see, again, something similar to last summer where it was like your division favorite is a high hundreds, almost two to one. And then mm-hmm. your second and third teams are in the three hundreds between three Same. and four to one. Yes. And you're like, eh, where do I go with this thing? Um, it's toss up. Uh, college hoops, no toss ups. If you have a road favorite in the Big 12, especially don't do like I did last night and bet on them with Kansas. We talked to Isaac Trotter about those top 10 teams playing at home tonight from 24-7 Sports. He's next right here on BetQL Daily.